For further analysis on what's playing itself out on that market scene, I'm joined by Viv Governor from Rand Swiss. Viv, it's a pleasure and a good afternoon to you. Thanks for having me. All right, Viv, it's been a bit of a seesaw week, I think. China, I think, really contributing to what I might call a market turmoil. Let's just talk about some of the data that we've seen this week, uh, you know, and how that is uh, continuing to weigh very heavily on our miners here at home and have a ripple effect even on our fiscus, uh, you know, as uh, those tax revenues just won't be as strong as we had hoped. Yeah, most certainly. Look, I mean, the thing with China is that, uh, you know, we think of China as being a manufacturing hub, but look at the actual economy. A lot of that economy is based on property, real estate, and that speculation has gotten really out of hand. Uh, so China has a declining population, so in the future, there's probably less building they do right now. They have a very weak social welfare system, so people have been investing in property more than they should be because it's one of the few things that they trust to basically pay for the retirement. You know, fewer people trust the stock market than trust property for retirement. And so what's happened is about 70% of China's household wealth is tied up in property and 30% of GDP. And now that we're seeing some of these big uh, you know, developers collapse like Evergrande, et cetera, uh, what we're seeing is a, a contagion that could easily uh, cause much more trouble in China than uh, even the financial crisis caused in the U.S. Of course, another interesting uh, dynamic that's all uh, playing itself out here, Viv, is then uh, bringing it back home and looking at De Beers. Uh, they're, of course, trying to avert a strike uh, right now. But we've also seen a uh, demand for diamonds fall throughout the world. I think the price of diamonds, it was reported this week, the price of diamonds is also falling, uh, you know, uh, along with other commodities, something we don't uh, see often. All of that also speaking to uh, global consumers uh, being strained. Uh, Richmond came out this week also saying European consumers are starting to feel uh, the pinch of this high inflation and high interest rate environment. Yeah, look, I mean, di diamonds are, are basically a luxury good, a pure luxury good, and uh, it depends on, like, great marketing. You know, there's no real shortage of diamonds in the world. There's no, you know, reason that diamonds should be as valuable as they are. Uh, it's, you know, type of marketing and the beers, the whole, you know, wedding ring thing, et cetera, et cetera, which is like a newer invention than you would think. Uh, and but you're right, you know, we are seeing, you know, uh, especially what's happening in China, as well as the, the European Union. I think I saw a report coming from the European Union uh, like last week or so that described a tsunami of non-spending happening there. Mm -hmm. And we, we mustn't forget that, you know, last year we were very lucky uh, that Europe basically had a warm winter. Uh, and that meant that, uh, you know, they went through without too much issues with regards to energy and gas, etc. cetera. Uh, we're heading towards, you know, uh, that cold period again. Uh, we're starting to see oil prices rise. We're starting to see natural gas prices, you know, tick up a little bit. Uh, and those things are not uh, very good signs, you know, as the winter comes. Remember, winter in the, in the EU is not like winter in South Africa. We might get a bit chilly, but they will die if the, they don't have the heat on. I want to speak a little bit now about China and Apple. That's a very, I think, interesting development. We saw Apple losing about $200 billion in a market uh, there in the, on the markets. And that's as a result of China restricting iPhones. And it just shows how uh, strained this relationship between China and the United States is, is becoming, Viv. Well, yeah, look, I mean, there's been this uh, battle, uh, behind the scenes battle, it's more to the front, uh, regarding, you know, high tech uh, supplies to China. So the U.S. has curbed the export of uh, chips to China, uh, stopped uh, U.S. citizens from investing in China, uh, stopped uh, U.S. people from or citizens from also working for certain Chinese companies on certain topics. Like you can't work for like a Chinese company on AI, for instance, if you're an American citizen. Mm. And uh, we've seen the Chinese respond, uh, you know, like more basely with regards to restricting the export of some uh, raw materials. But more recently, we've seen, like for instance, Huawei came up with a new chip uh, that uh, you know seemed to be 
you know, much further advanced than people had been anticipating. It's still behind what's the best in the West, but it's not as far behind as people had thought, uh, showing that uh, the Chinese are trying to catch up in this particular field and focusing energy towards it. And of course, you know, like Apple is the uh, the leading, uh, you know, cell phone uh, producer out there in terms of profitability. Uh, and, you know, it's a luxury item, even in China, as it is in the U.S. Mm-hmm. The fact that the Chinese government is banning it is making, it, it, I think it makes a big, uh, you know, uh, symbolic difference. But the real issue I have down the line is, you know, Apple relies a lot on China for manufacturing as well. And if they lose the manufacturing ability in China uh, due to either restrictions for the U.S. or some kind of sanctions, et cetera, uh, I think that can have a bigger impact on their market cap than uh, just uh, uh, the ability of uh, government workers, for instance, to buy apples. Another thing I'm keen to find out from you, Verve, uh, you know, we've seen this AI rally uh, throughout 2023. Uh, of course, uh, those stocks are performing uh, very well. This geopolitical uh, tug of war between the United States and China, does it threaten that at all? Uh, you know, or is it quite clear uh, where the lines are drawn here with maybe companies like Apple uh, being uh, possibly at risk? Actually, I think it might actually accelerate it. I mean, uh, if you listen to every single person that has any kind of seniority in uh, AI, we're talking about like the guy that runs OpenAI, we're talking about the person, uh, you know, that used to be former head of Google, uh, you know, Eric Schmidt, uh, you know, Elon Musk, um, everyone, that, a lot of people in the tech sector, quite frankly, they all argue about the fact that AI is very dangerous. So we are just seeing the sparks of AI right now, but when it becomes like, you know, really powerful, it's going to be very, very dangerous. And normally you'd expect there to be a regulation around it. But because there's a China-US, you know, uh, con- uh, contest, what's happened is everyone says, you know, you can't really restrict the US's ability to develop AI because China will develop it if we don't. And the Chinese do the same thing. And so I think it actually might accelerate AI as opposed to, like, hold it back. Uh, because, you know, the regulations that might come into place to try and basically make it safer uh, won't be there just because of that competition between the two countries. Another interesting uh, development uh, this week is that strength of the dollar. I think they are on the biggest winning streak since 2014. Viv, I'm keen uh, to get your thoughts on what this means for uh, us emerging market currencies here, and also, uh, you know, the the, the the inflation picture in uh, in the in the United States now informing uh, this uh, winning streak for the U.S. dollar. Uh, I mean, I think the. Uh I think one of the big differences was the uh, the rate cut in Poland uh, that came through. Uh, that kind of indicates that uh, you know maybe the rest of the world is not quite as aggressive on you know uh, attacking inflation as the U.S. is, and that obviously is going to be better for the U.S. Uh, it helps the dollar against both the pound and the euro, even though they they aren't affected directly by the uh, Polish decision. It just indicate a, a sentiment change. We have seen you know a really strong U.S. economy. Uh, you know because we've seen obviously the unemployment rate tick up last week, but that was due to basically what is happening with regards to uh, to this uh, labor force participation. Uh, the strength of the U.S. economy remains very strong. Their ability and their willingness to increase interest rates uh, if inflation comes back also remains stronger, I think, than much of the rest of the world. And that's one of the reasons that we've seen the U.S. dollar uh, get stronger at the moment. I'd like to get your stock pick in a bit, Verve, but before then, uh, let's reflect on some of the counters that have found favor with your industry peers. I'm buying uh, some of the worst properties in Pretoria. And Johannesburg, it's called Octodec. No, I'm lying. There's a, there's a few gems in there, um, but it's it's gearing has come down to below 40% loan to value, um, and you've got a strategic share all in there. I'm not sure what they're going to do with the shares, but one might wake up one morning and they've sold it, uh, or they make an offer to the rest, you know, to minority shareholders. 
Um, that's always important. We just saw what happened to Liberty uh, Two Degrees and, and with their strategic shareholder. And it's sitting um, at a basically at a 20% free cash flow yield, uh, even accounting for uh, 80, only 80% occupancy. So 20% is vacant. They've got a 20% vacancy plus. Um, you know, that, that says something about the quality of, of the assets, poor quality. But uh, even accounting for that, sitting on a 20% plus free cash flow, and they're only paying out 75% of that, that still gives you about a 15.5% um, dividend yield while you wait for uh, some value to be unlocked because there is sitting at a 75% discount to net asset value. I would take net asset value with a pinch of salt, but even if they can sell those properties for 20 to 30%, lower than what the accountant says, says it's worth, you, uh, you're bound to make a pretty penny. And like I said, you, you're being paid some dividends while you wait, a lot of dividends while you wait. Small part of your portfolio, there's a lot of risk in there. Uh, major tenants tend to be governments, uh, departments, etc. Plastic, stick my neck out of the wood and go for, for Mastic. Um, so they, about my calculation, trading about half book value at the moment. Uh, I think they're going to give operationally a good set of results which is going to come out in the third or so week of, of September. Um, but, of course, we saw the announcement a couple of days ago that one of the associate stacks, remember it's important, there's only a minority asset they have, came out and experienced some fraud there with that, linked, of course, to AO. But that doesn't impact, in my view, the domestic investment. Domestic, I think, is going to release a lot of working capital that's going to allow them to do share buybacks, pay nice dividend, you know, continue to invest in the business of incorporation, I think the business is going to do well. You know, um, so I think it's, it's still for me very attractive and valid. Nothing has really changed from the core business, in my view. Um, so I must, that's the reason I'm saying stick my neck out because I'm saying it before the results comes out. But um, I don't, so I think must stick at the moment, buying at half book value, I think is very attractive. Playing with um, Woolworths, you know, what we've seen uh, come out of Woolworths is that there's been a turnaround in the South African uh, fashion, beauty, and home business. Their margins have increased in this period, as well as the gross margins and operating margins. I think there's still more to come from that um, as they optimize some of the costs. Um, they sell more merchandise on a full price basis rather than under discount um, and then we've got the proceeds from the david jones sale while, while it's not as much as one would have hoped for that's uh, that's going to release some of management's time and effort in terms of um, trying to turn, turn david jones around um, country road will come through um, in terms of the growth prospects um, that they're seeing and then you've got a world-class food business in south africa that continues to tick along I'd be keen to get your thoughts on some of those counters. Yeah, look, I mean, I think that uh, we are seeing uh, interesting movements happening in the market at the moment. I mean, the retailer side, I think, you know, it's surprising today we see quite a few retailers positive. Uh, you know, Woolworths up, uh, not Woolworths, sorry, uh, ShopRite up, uh, you know, 2.5%. Truworths up 28 uh, Pick and Pay up uh you know, 2.65. Mr. Price also among the winners about 2.2% up. So uh, the retailers are doing reasonably well today. And the Capitec, you know, uh, results that came out, the improvement that we saw come through. Uh, look, the share price has been down recently. And, uh, you know, this could be just a, a, a recalculation of what's happening because the actual, you know, numbers there were better, but they're not substantially better than, uh, uh, you know, than you, you would have expected here. So sort of like 8, 10% movement higher. Uh, but the market uh, is like responding really positively to just about 8.3% up at the moment. And keen to get your stock pick uh, this Friday afternoon, Viv, which counter are you going with? 
Um, remaining on Alphabet, I'm very uh, positive on that. I think uh, you know they have the lead. I think uh, in the AI space, despite the fact of the recent, uh, you know, obviously uh, successes of things like Microsoft OpenAI, etc. Uh, they are due to have a new launch uh, of an AI model in uh, December called Gemini, which is expected to be five times or four times more powerful than GPT-4. And that will give them the, probably the lead in that sector for the next year or so. So, yeah, my pick stays as uh, Alphabet Google. Thank you so much, Will, for joining us today. It's always a pleasure getting your thoughts and insights. That was your midday market update with Viv Governor from Rand Swiss.